0: Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. It is El día después with Lucas Navarrete. Although now we are, I think, no, we we played yesterday, right? right? Yeah, Man, yeah, yeah, So it's unbelievable. I'm not getting anything right these days on the intro, and I and I keep on forgetting. It's a blur. So yeah, we played yesterday, and as usual, Lucas and I are here for like a month now. We've been doing this El día después thing on Mondays where we kind of review, but lingering thoughts after the game. Of course, we do the post game podcast, but in addition to that. There's always just fresh perspectives the next day, I find, so it's always nice, because we have the Thursday schedule after the midweek games, and then we have the Monday schedule after the La Liga games. So, Lucas, how you doing, man? How, How are you holding up there in Valencia?
1: Still very hot. I, I'm doing fine, but it's still very hot. Hopefully, I think we're catching up some some serious rain this week. It seems that it's, that it's going to be raining for for the full week. It, also in Madrid, mind you, since you're going to be there, so it seems that rain season is is coming to to Spain. And well, looking forward to get to getting rid of some of this hot.
0: Without fail, Lucas, I am single-handedly responsible yeah. for weather change in Spain. <laughs> Every time I'm there, for whatever reason, it's an anomaly of the year where Canada's hotter. And it was 30 degrees here yesterday, and I'm going to Spain, and it's going to be raining. So this is uh, my contribution to
1: cooling cooling you down. Um, I think this is actually the first that you're bringing with you, the, the first quote-unquote hurricane to spain i think they downgraded the the hurricane itself to i don't know to a tropical storm or whatever one of those categories but uh, it was a hurricane before and everywhere everybody was very worried about you know the the first hurricane hit in spain in i think in history so oh god wow yeah it's been downgraded to a tropical storm and i think the the worst is going to hit obviously the, the galicia coast and all that so it's only going to be raining in madrid and here and basically in Galicia so but, you know, everyone was worried, yeah. All right, well, let's hope for just
0: rain, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, we're going to talk about football and what happened yesterday and maybe some things that happened this morning. So what were your thoughts, your biggest takeaways from last night, or I guess yes, last yesterday afternoon, it was an earlier game. So what were your thoughts?
1: Uh, my main, my main takeaway, as you ask, is, the, is that I think Rodrigo pretty much ran away with the spot as Benzema's replacement uh, as a false nine. I think Rodrigo changed the course of the game by himself in just fifteen twenty minutes. He got there. Uh, Hazard wasn't all that brilliant. I thought Hazard was, uh, as most fans, I thought he was decent against Celtic, but I expected a little bit more from him last night than well, not last night. It was. Yesterday anyway, but I thought Rodrigo ran away with with a spot that spent as Benzema's replacement for sure. I thought he changed the course of the game and proved himself as the most uh, obvious and likely candidate to replacement map from now on whenever Ancelotti needs a player to take that role.
0: Confirm what we had said all summer. if yeah. we're not signing anyone, Rodrigo back up left wing, Rodrigo back up striker. And Rodrigo backup, right wing or right wing starter. Those are He's basically the multifunctional person who you put an attack as your best next best available player after Benzema and Vinicius. That's clear to me now. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of noise after the Celtic game, which I didn't want to pour cold water on because I, I think the fan base has the right to be excited if Hazard does something well. But I wanted to also just be realistic about it. And I think... I don't know if it was you and you and I that talked about it, or if it was with you and after the Celtic game. But I, uh, it's a really weird thing to say. Uh, but Hazard contributed to three goals against Celtic, right? Yeah. Um, he had a goal and assist, and then obviously the pre-assist too. I think it was the first goal, and so he didn't do anything outside of that. That's a really harsh thing to say. I understand, um, and it's fair though. Yeah, and but so, like, I often have said that about Vinicius in the past, where it's like he's not having a great game. Maybe he forces the dribble and stuff, but he's always involved in contributing to goals and assists, and that's all you can ask for for a star. And I think, just to call out my own double standard with Hazard, I think the difference is that, well, Vinicius does this almost every game. You like Vinicius can have bad games regularly. And and I I don't mean bad in the sense that like he's just a bad he's just having a bad performance I just mean like maybe there's not, not every play is effective maybe some some of his dribbles don't get pulled off maybe some of his um, showboating sometimes backfires maybe he loses some balls but he's still consistently there when you need him in one or two moments but he's been consistently there when you need in one or two moments for like a year now straight and that's the difference like I just don't know if I trust Hazard to also have that. And I'm not saying Hazard was bad in that Celtic game outside those three moments, but it just he wasn't that noteworthy. He lost his first couple possessions on the ball. He actually lost the ball. He forced it a little bit. Um, so I just think it's clear, man. Rodrigo is the guy right now that you, you asked to fill those roles. He was fantastic, and he's been good for a while. Yeah,
1: the bad thing about it is that... If Rodrigo is asked to be this uh, first replacement or first attacker of the bench, uh, whenever whenever someone is needed, you're obviously uh, forced to play Valverde on the on the right wing, which I'm not too thrilled about. Even though obviously he was great, he's been pretty pretty good in the whole season in that spot. But I thought, as we've talked many times, I think that Valverde is more useful as a, as a central midfielder. But anyway. I thought that the only bad thing about Rodrigo having this kind of role right now is that you probably wanted to have Rodrigo this role with another um, pure attacker uh, playing on the right. You know, with Rodrigo then being the the true first backup of the bench for both Vinicius Benzema and then the other guy on the right wing and not Valverde. That's the only the only bad thing about the situation, but we'll just have to to get used to it, because uh, when Benzema is not available, I'm fairly sure that Rodrigo is going to play on the the center, and then Valverde will play on the right, no question.
0: Well, what was interesting about yesterday was that, on paper, Rodrigo started on the right wing, and Fede was on midfield. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And and actually, that was a good a good uh, showing for our agenda that Fede is a better midfielder than a right winger because <laughs> he could do all of those things that he does on the right wing from the central midfield position. In addition to that, he can also play in midfield and also do things defensively. Like I, I you know, that, uh, that bad foul, or I don't even know if he was actually fouled or not, but Mallorca's goal where Fede fouls Maffeo, I've, I understand maybe there was not a touch, so it wasn't an actual foul. I think Matt mentioned that in the podcast yesterday, although I haven't really seen it, to be honest. But um, besides the point, Fede sprinted from, like, the opposite side of the field and went all the way over to that side and fouled Maffeo. And it was the effort that impressed me more so, like, the foul or the not foul or whatever. That That was my main takeaway. And... I think if he plays in a deeper role, he can do that more often and, and help, especially in games where, like, you know, well, Casemiro's gone and Chuomeni's not on the field because Jose mentioned this on Twitter that now we're going from who's Casemiro's backup to who's Chouameni's backup. We still only have one pure defensive yeah. midfielder in the squad, so having Fede in that deeper role would make sense in that situation. But he can still, like, he did all those things that a right-winger can do from that position still. And I think that's what you like. And without sacrificing that third attacker. Maybe you can't do that every game. Maybe there are some games where you really want him as like a fourth pseudo midfielder slash right winger. But then games like this where you have a team that's not even threatening you on the other end of the field. And you need more of the ball. You need more creators. And you need more chances. then it makes sense. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Absolutely, it's crucial in this uh, context. is crucial in this particular topic. I think that Valverde will be very useful on the right wing or as an, another midfielder, as you mentioned, against more physical teams, uh, against teams that Real Madrid require uh, a more defensive approach to win but definitely not at home against Mallorca so it's it's clear and Ancelotti seems to be thinking the same since he started him on the on the midfield and, and gave Rodrigo the chance to start on the right so it's uh, it's quite clear to me that uh, the context matters a lot in this situation and Valverde should not play on the right wing against uh, 85% of the teams Real Madrid are facing
0: I'd like to ask you a question um... I ask this question every like live podcast that we do around the world that I always wish you were there with me Um, but we like in different cities I always ask like if it came down to having to play one of these two would you rather play Hazard or Asensio and I feel like every city feels differently Um, in like one city will put all their hands up for Asensio the other city will put up hands for Hazard and it's really interesting and I'm just curious what would you do?
1: I would probably play Hazard ahead uh, of Asensio, even though Asensio might actually be a better footballer at this point. I think that mm, Hazard has shown a little bit more interest and more engagement for for playing those kinds of minutes than Asensio. I'm, be, I'm uh, quite disappointed with uh, Asensio's uh, gesture the other day when Ancelotti told him to 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 get back to the to the bench after warming after warming up on the sidelines. I was a bit disappointed with that, seeing that mainly because maybe something happened behind the scenes that we don't know but it seems to me that he was willing to stay in the club and and get the signing bonus uh, next next year so it seems to me that he kind of embraced uh, this situation he's seen in this moment i i get the frustration and ancelotti seems to be getting it too but i'm not i'm not a fan of it so just because of uh, of an attitude and 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 for pure uh, I just think that uh, Hazard deserves it a, a little bit more than than Asensio at this point. And basically, I wouldn't invest my minutes on Asensio, who is going to leave next summer, no matter what. I would probably rather see Hazard, since, since you know, the, the debate is so close between them two, I would rather see Hazard uh, playing those minutes and maybe potentially gaining uh, or increasing his value a little bit. So that's interesting. Um
0: I know with Hazard, with, with with all the frustration we have with him, he's never caused problems like that. You know what I mean? Like he's Correct. never, like you, I, I don't think we would see him kick a water bottle if he got called back to the bench. Everyone in the locker room loves him, right? So That's there's right. that side of it. Everything else is unfortunate that he hasn't been as good as advertised. He's been injured, all that stuff. He's, you know, to be fair, without more professionalism, I don't think he's come back in shape every year his whole career, which I think has taken a right. toll now that that should be discussed. But um, the thing with Asensio, too, is the difference between them is that for whatever reason, I think part of it is because maybe no no team really wanted either of them, if you ask me. Hazard wanted to stay and and fight. And obviously, like, to be clear, he is a Madridista. I mean, he's been, been wanting to join here since his Chelsea days the whole time um so he's arrived and he wants to stay and he wants to fight and he wants to prove himself and essentially all summer was kind of in and out of the conversation like he wants to go obviously his new agent we know who he is and um wanting to get a new contract not necessarily being fully bought in i think that has to have factored in to ancelotti when he's deciding the pecking order for this stuff and obviously hazard also prototypically uh Fits the false nine role, and obviously he had a good game against Celtics. So that is understandable. All this is understandable to me. Asensio also, um, he, to my assessment of the situation is that he, w- he would have left if that option was there. He would have been gone. If a team who was a really good team came along and gave him the money he wanted and the playing time he wanted, I think he would have left. So the fact that he stays and we, you know, we go and say, oh, look, he, he stayed. He, he wants to stay. I don't think it was the case like that. I think it was, no, he stayed because there were no other options on the table. And he's also stayed knowing the situation, knowing Ancelotti was not going to play him ahead of these other players. And he stayed. And so he can't also be surprised about this, is, is my point, Lucas.
1: I still think that he'll get some minutes uh, this season. Some, and I mean important and relevant. Well, man, important and relevant might be a bit of an overstatement, but he, that he'll play some minutes here and there. I think that Real Madrid will find themselves in a situation where Asensio can be useful off the bench, can provide a bit of a scoring punch off the bench when, I don't know, maybe Rodrigo isn't available, Benzema isn't available at the same time. I think Asensio might actually be called upon. But obviously you have to wonder his commitment if, uh, if you, you're seeing the things you're seeing today. So mm, it's a difficult case. I think Asensio should be working hard to, to win uh, these minutes I'm talking about. And right now with his gestures and with this attitude he had uh, yesterday, I think that he's not helping his case for sure. But you got to say, like, if I'm in that
0: position, I can't say I wouldn't kick a water bottle. Like, I would like to say I'm this perfect boy who would, you know, I, I feel I, I, I know what it's like to be frustrated when playing sports. I definitely am not like the same person I am sitting here doing work and talking to you. Like, I definitely there's definitely a part of me that was like, I'd probably kick a water bottle at some point in my career. So I, I guess I understand the human side of this, to be honest. So I don't want to blame him necessarily for that. And you saw Ancelotti's quotes where he said, you know, I agree with him for being angry, I'd be angry too.
1: I think he wanted to be caught on camera. I think that he wanted this to be a thing. You know, otherwise you can express your frustration in some other ways when the cameras aren't looking, when you are not in front of everybody. So I think that... It was a little bit staged, and uh, in from his side. Not that he didn't feel the frustration, obviously, but you know that he wanted everyone to know that he's frustrated. If that makes sense.
0: Do you think the gesture puts
1: pressure on Ancelotti to play him more? It definitely shouldn't. I don't think it should. I don't think Asensio has shown enough when given the chance to put pressure on Ancelotti, and and basically Ancelotti right now is. Is getting the job done when with his with the men with the men he's he's choosing every single week. So I don't think it's the case. I don't think Ancelotti should be feeling any kind of pressure from the fans or the club or or even Asensio himself. Uh, given the circumstances, again, given how poor or how disengaged Asensio has been lately, there are definitely and you know I think it was Matt
0: who brought up this point that like. You know, last year, Mallorca is a hometown thing for Asensio, right? So maybe he even had family members in attendance, I don't know, visiting, whatever. But um, last year, he, it was Mallorca, he scored the hat-trick, right? So maybe he hat-trick, also yeah. felt like this is my chance to also, you know, this is a, a team I can do damage against, you know. I So I also just want to say... Like, Mallorca, the way they played, obviously, is much different than the way Celtic played, right? And I think that was difficult for Hazard because all of a sudden, against Celtic, there was room. There was space for him to carry the ball, you know, and also Celtic got tired. They were pressing high all game. There was space between their lines. Mallorca didn't have that as much until later in the game where, you know, they broke down. And obviously, Hazard was long gone by then. But I think that hurt Hazard a little bit, his performance. I also think this—you really miss Benzema moments like that because Benzema knows what to do in the box when it's tight. There's tight spaces. He knows how to link up with the other two. Whereas Hazard, I think maybe if he had Benzema there with him, or like if if Hazard played, um, this is the thing, Lucas. I think basically Hazard and Vinicius, Hazard and Asensio are the same. That like I think they're if you want to get the best out of them, they probably should be like in a diamond where they don't have pressure to score and they don't have pressure to create but they're just kind of floating around and providing outlets and keeping possession and keeping the ball flowing but but again you can't just cater to that because this is not like we're not talking about catering to Zinedine Zidane or Diego Maradona or even Esco in the, in 1617 you're catering to two players who are just not at their best and they're not what they used to be so it's just, it's kind of this weird situation man like so
1: yeah, and, and as you mentioned, they're similar in the sense that their weaknesses are similar and their, their style their style of play are similar. But it's true that at the end of the day, Asensio probably gives you a better chance to score if you need a goal than Hazard, at least off the bench. Yeah, I don't know. If you need someone 20 minutes uh, to go to the game and you look at the bench, I'd say that chances are that Asensio is a better scorer than than Hazard for, for that kind of context. So I think Ancelotti will have uh, to make a decision about these two in some time. I think that, again, as I said before, I think that Real Madrid are going to find themselves in this kind of situation sooner or later, when when they will need one goal to win the game, 15 minutes to go. And Ancelotti is going, going to have to trust either Hazard or Hazard. It'll be interesting to see who he chooses. Um, I asked
0: this to Matt yesterday. I'll ask it to you. Do you think the way Fetty and Rodrigo are playing right now, it calms people down a little bit and the discussions of we should assign someone on the right wing? I know you still feel strongly about it, but... I... <clears throat>
1: Yeah, probably probably for the for the most uh, general fans and for the biggest percentage of fans around there and all that it probably uh, it decreases the 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 concern level of them given you know how how brilliant fede and and rodrigo have been lately uh, i still have my issues with uh, mainly because of death I think that Real Madrid are going to be tested in terms of depth very soon. They are, in fact, going to be tested in the next few weeks. Lucas Vázquez is going to miss another game. We'll see what kind of squad Ancelotti has available for for the derby, but it doesn't look like he'll have plenty of options to choose from on the bench. The starting level might still look strong, even though they'll be without Benzema. But if something happens during the game, uh, Ancelotti is going to have uh, to make some tough decisions with uh, with his replacement. So even though I still have some concerns with uh, with the depth side of and um, perspective of it all, I think that for most general fans, the, the, the concern level has increased a little bit, yeah. I think Asensio, like you said at the beginning
0: of the podcast, is going to play. Like there's going to be a time where he's either going to have to play out of necessity and... He'll have to prove himself, but also, like, you know, we're not that deep. So, I also don't think he's a bad player. Like, again, if he's your third choice right winger, that's not a terrible place to be as your club. And- if he's
1: engaged, that's a
0: Sure. I mean, but again, like if he's like the 10 goals he scored last season, that was enough to just provide us with 10 goals and not being a primary player. That's solid. That's solid. You know,
1: that's very solid.
0: I would, it would be good if like, you know, half those goals didn't come against Mallorca or whatever. And in a game where we didn't need them as much and we could have used them maybe in a different game, like PSG first leg then, but you know, um, it's, I kind of felt this way about Isco last season in that I didn't think Isco was that bad in his minutes to like never play him. And I kind of feel that way about Asensio now. And I also think there was another side of this, side of it with Isco, is that because the club knew that he was leaving in the summertime, what incentive do you have to invest playing time in him over Kamavinga, over whoever? And... um, you know, I think Asensio will probably play more than Isco did last year, only because we're a little bit more thin than we were in midfield with Isco in that situation.
1: But yeah, I agree. I agree. And by the way, i I think that the, the my main issue with with what you say and what what with what Ancelotti might decide if he actually plays Asensio is the the attitude side of things. And I think this is something that might actually be, I don't know, maybe I'm making a big deal, too big of a deal about something that wasn't that important. But I think that whole dressing room is kind of feeling that Asensio is not a part of him, you know, an active part of him. Did you see the the play against Celtic when Rodrigo had a few options uh, on a counter-attack and decided to finish the play himself? It wasn't a bad decision, but I felt like Asensio was open and probably should have... The the easiest choice was probably to pass him the ball, and it was a pretty easy and obvious assist there. I don't know. I feel like if this this was Benítez or Benzema, Rodrigo would have passed the ball. But it was Asensio. Maybe the whole dressing room is feeling that Asensio is not putting the best work he can. Uh, to to be a part of them, you know, and they feel they maybe feel like this guy is already wants out, so we should not fight for for him as much as we fight for our, our other teammates. I'm not saying that you know they don't get along with him or anything like that, but you know, this kind of sentiment something uh, sometimes happen in in, in dressing rooms.
0: I do remember now that you mentioned also, even back in 2016, Ronaldo would get so frustrated with Asensio at times for not passing the ball <laughs> and, for, and for shooting. Uh, listen, I. Um, if I were Asensio this summer, and obviously, look, everyone is free to decide whatever they want to do for their careers and what they think is best, and maybe it was a calculated decision that, who knows, might pay off for him. I don't think it will because... I think he's not going to get a huge signing bonus if he's if he's not playing at all this season. No club is going to be like, oh, yeah, you were great for the last two years. Here's here's your sign. No one's going to do that. And so I think it would have been to his benefit if he had just lowered his demands this summer and gone somewhere that would have paid him a little bit lower and also just played him regularly. He, who knows? Maybe he would have had an amazing time. Somewhere, and I've actually even snuck into Lucho's World Cup squad if he if he if he did that. So now I, I yeah, think yeah, a really difficult situation.
1: Yeah, mainly because Luis Enrique likes him a lot and seems to be willing to to give him a chance whenever possible. So I think that Asensio would have would have received that chance, would have gotten that chance had he chose to play regularly. Really, don't it doesn't matter where. So I agree with you, but this is Jorge Mendes we're talking about, and this is what happens when you when you hire Jorge Mendes as your as your agent. You know there are other things and other factors that m- maybe matter more than minutes and chances at the World Cup. uh well, I mean, like it's
0: not like Premier League teams. <laughs> if you can stomach playing for a lower league, a lower uh, profile team in the Premier League and just get paid pretty good amount of money, but then start every game. If you can stomach that, that's a, to, in my opinion, a better situation. Like today, Wolves signed Diego Costa. I would rather have Asensio as a false nine than a 50-year-old Diego Costa, you know, doing whatever he's going to do. I don't think he's going to do much at that age. He has, anyways.
1: Um... Or even Guedes, yeah. They signed Geddes for a million for a fortune this uh, this past this summer. So I think Asensio. I... As, as good as Geddes is, he isn't bad. I think Asensio is a more uh, reliable player for a club like Wolverhampton, but obviously he feels like this is probably a, uh, too big of a step back in his career to, to accept such offers. So if we're talking Premier League, he might only be considering the, the big clubs in the Premier League who are not willing to give him a, a spot in the start of the eleven. So,
0: Could you have pictured this, man? Like in 2016 and 17... <laughs> When Isco and Asensio were like the future.
1: It's crazy. It's like, crazy. I,
0: mean, I, I cannot believe how this turned out for those two. I really can't. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. yeah. Unfortunate. Uh. All right. Do you have anything else you want to discuss today before we wrap it up? Mm,
1: no. I like. Well, uh, let's talk for for a few minutes about Rudiger. I thought he was solid. I'm mm. obviously very very good to see him contributing with that goal, even though. It looked to me, it looked offside to me. I'm not gonna uh, debate the whole thing against the against the bar system and all that, but I, I still watch the replay and uh, I don't understand how that goal isn't called offside. But anyway, here's to Rudiger. Uh, he'll, I think he'll be playing in the in the Atletico Madrid game. I like his contribution, so hopefully he'll keep this up and maybe win, actually wins uh, some of the, of his battles for the spot. I think he has a chance to to win uh, his spot during these games
0: this is the the lineup that i was most interested to see in the back line was rudiger Mendy, and those three together and it looked good the only thing that i would nitpick was there was like maybe two things that didn't go wrong that that went wrong and it wasn't rudiger's fault and in fact you know one of them was the goal where it should have been mendy the goal Yeah, and it should have been Rudiger who was marking Muriki is what I was going to say. So we messed up on that. And then there was the only other time I felt threatened, which was, I think, more to do with the fact that Cruz was the anchor at that moment and didn't track, was the throw-in. that I I forget who it was from Mallorca who nearly scored him to make it 2-1 but yeah, this is the lineup I was most interested to see, and they did well. Rüdiger Rudiger has been, I would say, foot perfect, apart from that yeah. very, very first pairing with Nacho and Almeria, where, and even then it was only one mistake, and the rest of that yeah. game he was great. Yeah. He's been as advertised, I would say.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, only, the, the other thing that seems to be a thing for Ancelotti right now is that he realizes the fact that Alaba is a better offensive contribution than, contributor than Mendy on the on the left back spot. So we're going to see, I think, many times when Real Madrid are struggling or need to find a goal, I think we're going to see Mendy out of the game and Alaba playing as left back quite sometimes. I think. Any thoughts on the Leipzig game on Wednesday? I'm I'm just looking forward to to seeing and Kunku play. I haven't watched mm. a single minute of this guy. everyone seems to be very hyped about his potential. that's so looking forward to that and and hopefully uh, we have a, an entertaining game. I think they are supposed to be better than than the performances they've put up this season. so hopefully they don't pick it up. But they don't they don't improve against Real Madrid. Just came off a three0 win over Dortmund on the weekend. Mm.
0: Uh, I think that was their first game after firing Tedesco. So, yeah, we'll see what, what version we get. There's always that. We, we we got them in bad timing because there's always the mm. new new manager effect. When someone yeah. new comes yeah. in, there's a quick boost in morale before they go back to being normal. So we caught them at the wrong time. But, hey, we're, we're in good form. First Champions League game at the Burnabout since the one you were at, Manchester City. Yeah. One of Correct. the greatest nights in club history. So uh, we're back at it. All and right, then the derby after, yeah, and then the derby after, and and then it just goes crazy yeah, for October. It crazy, exactly, yeah, it goes back to back to back to back. I think two games a week until the World Cup, something like
1: that. Yeah, barring the the FIFA break, which is happening right after the the derby, so yeah,
0: yeah. I can't imagine being in the Premier League situation right now, having to make up for games.
1: <laughs> crazy.
0: That I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna figure that. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be, tough. be very tough for them. Yeah. Yeah um okay so we'll be back um i think matt and i are recording a podcast tomorrow night and then leipzig post game show that'll be exclusively for patrons over on patreon.com slash managing i think you and i are going to do that together uh from madrid um after the game at some point so right. make sure you're a patron to get access to that lucas thanks for your time it was fun we'll chat thursday we'll be back on thursday you and i
1: all right all right, all right.
0: See you soon. bye bye thank you